find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just Two Day Dream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Space Orphan 18. Uh, today we are doing Glee Actually. It's another one of those. I think we did this in season two where we filmed the Christmas episode in July. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we're talking about Christmas. And I have some awesome guests all returning. So, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm RB, also known as C. Kerouac on Tumblr. Um, my name is Bethany. I am not that B on Tumblr. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm uh, Tap Love 2015 on Tumblr. Hi, guys. Welcome back. And, um, hey. Hey. RB, hey. I, I compliment time. you because you were so, like, steady through that introduction. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to impress you. <laughs> I've got it all together. <laughs> this is a very together. Well, this episode, this is my favorite Christmas episode. I, I Really? Yeah. It is. Oh, we're going to have such differing opinions. We never have differing opinions. So why is this a I new know, thing? I know, we never disagree. Never. Such a, um, such a difference. That's because you like that horrid season we don't like to talk about. I know, right? <laughs> I, have, I have no shame. No shame about it. It's not my favorite, but um, I would. it's definitely number two. I think it goes the season three Christmas episode and then this one. Oh, don't, don't do that. Don't. I don't know. I like parts in all of them. Discussion's gonna be a throwdown. I love it. I like that Maria's like, I'm gonna play the safe and just say all of them. (laughs) I I forget which one's which, and I'm like, I like this part of this one. one. (laughs) I'll just put them all together. We can combine to make one horrific Frankenstein amazing Christmas episode. As long as we don't include previously unaired Christmas, which, by the way, yeah. I'm just gonna let you know now. I will not be on. Um, Snarky is running that one, so <laughs> I don't know. I just like the crackiness of that one. I I watching it now after the fact. I don't think it's as bad as it was previously thought to be. I just can't get over, and I promise I won't 
talk about this whole bunch. I can't get over all of the inaccuracies. They didn't even have the freaking choir room last year at Christmas time. So I can't, I can't get over it. And so I, it just makes me mad and I can't watch it. That's okay. Um, well, speaking, well, we should probably talk about this one. Um, <laughs> you mean that we should talk about the episode that this is actually based on? This crazy talk. Glee, actually. Now, I've never seen Love Actually. Wait, how have you never what? seen Love Actually? How have you never seen Love Actually? What? <laughs> Thank you, Peanut Gallery. What? what universe have you been living in? It was on Netflix. Rent it from your library. It, it plays, like, everywhere. It's, it's on TV for, like, 48 straight hours. Right. I mean, it's not a great movie. It's actually no. a pretty terrible movie, but how have you never seen it? <laughs> You just said it's a pretty terrible movie. So (laughs) I never watched the show. um, Please like me. It was an Australian show. Ran for like four seasons with that Josh guy that I can't remember his last name. No, No. I promise it's gonna make sense. So um, in that show, the the main character lies about having seen Love Actually. He's like, "Oh, I never saw that," or "I saw that and I loved it so much." And then the it's just funny. And if you've never seen it, it doesn't make any sense. So. There, and then I found $5. <laughs> but it's funny. It just That just reminded me of it. I like that you prefaced that with, I promise this will make sense, because Arby will yeah, not preface anything didn't. with that. <laughs> I mean, but the, the, the big problem is that this didn't actually hit a lot of the really famous Love Actually points. It didn't right. hit any of them, but whatever. The only thing that it had in had in relation to love actually is that it was a whole bunch of separate storylines yeah that's i think that's all they wanted to go christmas? for I don't know. Is it christmas? but like love why was nobody christmas? why did nobody have cue cards in front of somebody's house right. why that did nobody make an awkward dance across the screen a la hugh jackman what do you right. think huck and his brother were doing yeah. it's not the mm-hmm. same it's not. Okay, so um, I, I really don't think they intended it to be anything like Love Actually, except for they had... Well, then they shouldn't have named it Glee Actually. What should they have named it? I feel it? like that was a little bit of poor marketing from their point. What, what should they have named it? I don't know. I'm not... <laughs> I don't work for Glee. <laughs> I mean, they're coming from really deep names like A Very Glee Christmas, so it's not like it was... We were expecting. Why wasn't it a very glee Christmas well, too? Well, it could have been Merry Hanukkah. Yeah, okay. Merry Hanukkah would have been a much better because that was actually related to something that happened in the episode. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, wow, this is really early that we've already like put you into speechlessness. <laughs> we broke you real quick. <laughs> Well, um, (laughs) happy July, everyone. Happy July. It is like 90 degrees out. I know. It's so hot here, too. It's only 90 degrees where you are. (laughs) (laughs) So we get, here's the thing. This, um, I've noticed this in season four, um, already that the thing about season four, one of its downfalls is that it shoves so much crap into all of these episodes now. And I think mm-hmm. that each of these stories might have been a little bit more interesting had they let had some time to breathe. I think that they should have done two, maybe three of them, but five is a little insane. I want to start with Artie's flat, or it's not a flashback, it's a... 
his fantasy fantasy in black and white about we start with Artie's fantasy sequence and you know I can understand that there's a story about Artie feeling frustrated about being in the chair I think that is completely valid um the fact that they try and shove the this idea that he is the glue that holds glee club together (laughs) is a little insane super force oh (laughs) Obviously, they're trying to do a whole it's a wonderful life thing. And I actually I actually think that it works. I like this section. I think that the you're the glue that holds Glee together is a little cheesy. I think that the fact that they have the weird Irish kid who I can't remember his name. Rory. You love this season. It is Rory. How do you not remember this? By the way, I thought of a title. Um, It's a gleeful life. That's what it should have been called. There we go. There we go. That's good. That's a good one. No, because I, I, like, when I first got on the podcast and I was like, Glee, actually, what season, what episode is that? I remember the claim part, but I never remembered any other part of it. Like, what the hell happened in this episode? I mean, the the thing that I had the most visceral reaction of, that's dumb shit, why would you do that, to, um, to Artie's storyline was the part with Becky. I really don't like the... Because you never dated her, she never learned self-respect yeah. kind of thing, which was... Yeah, well, see, and I record. feel that way about, you know, because you never dated Tina, she didn't do her, lose her stutter, because you yeah. didn't, uh, you know, because you weren't there for Quinn, she ended up yeah. dying, not mm-hmm. from the crash, but from grief later on. It's... Right. I, and actually, I do, I really like this section, too. I actually think it's really funny and cracky, but the, some of the... Pl- I'm just like, really? Really? Um, not to mention, it talks about, and we'll talk about Kurt more in just a second, but it, he, he says, you know, didn't you graduate? And he said, and Kurt says, no, I, um, I got held back because of the bullying, but who, Puck and, 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 right. um, Finn are there. Were they all super seniors? Well, because no, I there was a whole bunch of people who should have been graduated who then did that. Yeah. And then Rachel's working as a librarian, which... <laughs> I would like to say is an actual profession that requires a graduate degree. Oh, you yeah. cannot do that as an 18 year old. Yeah. That is what I'm trying to do. And you can't just go to a school and be like, Hey, will you hire me? It <laughs> no. doesn't work like that. It's like, I'm sorry. I mean, did you get your MLS in what? like a month from a correspondence school? Like, I don't know what you're doing. I understand that McKinley is a little bit of a shifty school, but even the state of Ohio has some standards. I, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I kind of wish Kitty was I on here for I, that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Rachel either way would have found a way to get herself somewhere. Yeah, when have Artie and Rachel ever had a plotline yeah, together? I mean, they I mean, will. It's it's Artie's fantasy, and Artie's fantasy is that he's important to the lives of these people that he's around and to his friends, and that his actions impact that and that he has some sort of larger purpose. And I totally get that as a storytelling device. And I think that as a whole, it's a very enjoyable section. There are just some bits and bobs that I'm not going to blame on Artie being weird. I'm going to blame on Glee having terrible writers. (laughs) Yeah. And I I do enjoy, Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I do enjoy the shoe and Terry thing. Oh my I god, that's I miss Terry and her craziness. No, Terry and her fake baby. And Ari's like, oh, yeah. that's a doll. And she's like, shh, he doesn't But that's kind of funny. That was three years later and she still has a baby. She doesn't even like have a fake toddler or something. Right. <laughs> no, Will doesn't even notice that. 
I am firmly in the camp of I love Terry because she is <laughs> insane. And I feel like she makes for very interesting television. And so I was very happy to see Terry back. I think Terry is more of an interesting little cameo bit than the return of Rory, who really, I mean, I agree. for the fact that Again, he, I remembered who Terry was. I did not remember who <laughs> Rory was. Right. Why did they have to bring her, like bring him back? It was... Because he probably had one more episode on his contract. Oh, that could be. Yeah, that makes sense. He wasn't interesting enough to keep around for a really long time the first time. They sent him back to Ireland, and they're like, eh, we'll bring you back as the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> um, I, um, really, go- jumping back to Rachel for a second, I do also think, as Arby and I have talked before, um, that it's kind of annoying that they, like, all of these people have really crappy lives, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm, an Ar- I'm a librarian doing local theater, as if that's, like, the worst thing possible. I'm like, come on, Glee. Right. But, you know, Glee has a terrible habit of really poo-pooing community arts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they've basically made the entire premise that if you aren't pursuing the arts in a professional fashion, then you've failed. So there's right. no there's no room for these characters to be like, you know, I really enjoy being a lawyer, but I also want to be in my community presentation, uh, my community performance of Les Miserables, you know, there, or I want to be in my local community choir. They really placed it so that if you're not on Broadway you have failed and you have disregarded the arts and you have squandered your talent and nothing you do is good enough. And I have so many friends and myself included, like when I was in high school, I eat, drink, sleep, choir. Like I, I love to sing. That is something that is a huge passion of mine. It's not something that I ever felt the need to pursue professionally. Because if if I did that, I th- felt that I would lose the love of it. So I do it mm-hmm. community. And mm-hmm. I love it when people clap for me on stage. And it's fun. And I'm able to do it with people that enjoy doing it as well. I meet a lot of people who are different ages who enjoy it. And I really have fun. And I don't feel like I've failed. I feel like I'm doing it in a way that I enjoy. And so... I feel like that's one of Glee's really big faults is that they don't present any way for people to enjoy the arts without it being the 100% central way that I make a living and earn my money type of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way as far as like, like acting. I was a big drama student in high school my um, drama teacher was actually one of my best friends when I was growing up, and I love doing community theater. I don't do it nearly as much now, but I love doing it after high school, and it kind of makes me sad that it's like that's that's a fallback or something that these people do because they don't have anything else to do, and I love doing it. So theater is fun. It is fun. I think it's a lot... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there's a lot less pressure on it, too. It's just fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you just do it after work, and you make tons of friends, and then you go back to your everyday life. You're doing it for the joy of it. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to just add in, um, I mean, I did theater in high school, but it was never something that I wanted to continue after that. But as somebody who likes to go see 
uh, plays and musicals. Um, you know, these the local productions of things are really entertaining. And, and as a mm-hmm. viewer, I can't... I mean, New York, as much as I love it, is a thousand miles away, so I can't just, like... You know, hop over there on a weekend afternoon right. and see. Exactly. Community theater is a way for people to be exposed to these things that if you were only depending on Broadway to give you, it would it would lock out a huge portion of people who either A, could not get there, or B, could not pay the ticket price. Right. But I can pay a $10 ticket to go see my community production of Pippin. Exactly. And it's going to be a good show, too. It's not yeah. going to be, you know, it's going to be good and it's going to be fun. And all of those people still deserve to have people clapping for them at the end of the night, too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the podcast, yeah. would you like us to clap for you, RV? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm like Tinkerbell. I need applause to live. Oh, my God. You are Cooper Anderson. Oh my god! <laughs> I am one hundred percent Cooper Anderson. I don't understand why people have like resisted this so long. <laughs> I just, but I do. But I do think that that's one of the biggest faults of Glee from season one straight to the end. They have presented this um, very strict dichotomy of either you are doing it professionally or you failed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And it doesn't lead in. I mean. I understand that some people by the end of it have chosen teaching, but they present that as a lesser choice. Right. As opposed to this is a completely legitimate and worthwhile way to interact with the arts. Like Mm -hmm. what's, what's wrong with being an arts teacher? There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to have it both in your life and to share that love with others and to make a living doing it. Exactly. Okay, so getting back into the episode. Um, yeah, uh, let's just <laughs> <concerned. laughs> uh, So Kurt um, is in this little uh, black and white thing, and I need to take a second to personally say how gorgeous Chris Colfer looks in black and white. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, really, I would have never thought that you'd enjoy that. I, you know, I, <laughs> I kind of like him a little bit, but he's okay. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> so Kurt has been held back because Artie, I don't even understand this connection very well. He was bullied. Oh, because he's, he, he Artie was bullying with all the rest of the people. So Kurt got bullied too much and he has been held back and he is, um, yeah, struggling. And he's season one Kurt all over again. Not to derail again, but I don't understand that. Every person I've known that has been homeschooled has actually gone farther and graduated yeah. earlier than being held back and graduating later. I'm, but I'm going to assume that McKinley tried to schedule a GRE and totally scheduled it on like the 32nd of March. <laughs> um, so that it was their fault and not right. Kurt's. <laughs> okay, I can go along with that. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't blame Artie for, like, Bert dying and Carol moving to Monaco. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was basically mm-hmm. his fault that everything else fell apart. So why not Kurt what? having to uh, live on his own? And repeat his senior year. And repeat his senior year while also running the tire shop. Mm-hmm. And looking great date doing it. Exactly. I, it is, it is my personal pain that we never saw him in a bedazzled coverall. I guess. I think it's in every fan fiction though. And now all I see is that gif of Blaine being like fan fiction. 
That's what I see. Speaking of Blaine, one thing, one thing that I really do think is kind of cool, actually, about this little sequence is that Kurt says, "Who's Blaine?" Implying that in this universe, Blaine doesn't exist. And I, well, he exists, but not as part of Kurt's life. Well, but I'm using it as never met him. Right, but I'm using it as kind of a metaphor because this whole season, up until this point, is all about Blaine becoming a character independent of Kurt. But it kind of throws back to this notion that if Kurt hadn't, you know, existed the way Kurt did exist, Blaine wouldn't exist at all. And I don't know, I just think it's, I mean, yeah, obviously in the universe he's just off at Dalton or whatever, but I do like the implication of, like, Blaine doesn't exist without Kurt. That sounded really bad. You guys know what I mean. (laughs) What? I thought that was a really interesting line, but I was also kind of, the way that they framed it with the camera shot and how it was said, I thought that more would be made of it. Well, they only had 10 minutes. I mean, it's not like this whole episode. Well, well, yeah, but the, but the way that they had, but the way that they framed it, it felt like that was going to be the, a a turning point in this little 10 minute episode or story bite. And then, and then they spent way more time on, Quinn dying of a broken heart and there was a mm-hmm. rose in her chair and Rory. Why was there more Rory? I, but I think the point is that, you know, because we're, we're going to get into the claim stuff, is that, you know, Blaine is important to Kurt and Kurt's story. I mean, so mm-hmm. a lot of this is, you know, you have to keep in the context of the breakup stuff happening and they're going through all of these things individually. But at the end of the day, Kurt and Blaine's story is tied up together or it isn't Kurt and Blaine, you know, or it isn't the right story. I don't um, disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say, what did you say? You don't or you do? I don't. Oh, I thought you said, like, I don't just, I don't know. I thought you were disagreeing I, with me. I, I concur. Way to, way to go, I agree <laughs> I just thought that the way that they Had filmed it and framed it I was expecting more Than actually happened Yeah, well <laughs> That's what but happens again, when you expect more from Glee Hashtag, but it's Glee um, The other thing I want to talk about In this little section though Is the Feliz Navidad Because it's so amazing <laughs> I love it <laughs> I do. I know a lot of people don't, and I don't understand why. I think it's adorable. I love all of people's reaction. I love Kurt with the scissors. Like, don't come near me or I'll cut you. I, it just is amazing the whole way through. I think, I don't I think where under- I run with that is that Feliz Navidad feels like it should be a colorful song, and it being in black and white kind of confuses me. Right. Yeah. I don't understand why Rachel is there, but otherwise I like it. Because it's Artie's fantasy, so why... Why wouldn't she be there? Is there anything really about the secret that makes any sense? No, no not really. I would agree that there's not. <laughs> I just don't understand why a quote-unquote person who works there would be sewing things for Sue. But that's just me. Because that's the only way that Rachel got her job. Because she was like, <laughs> she she knocked off the other librarian. <laughs> and she, she put her in place so that she could control her. She finally has control over all of the extracurriculars at McKinley. Oh, Next stop, the math department. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. You know, it's probably at the point where all of the word problems in the math classes at McKinley are like, if a Cheerio is put into a cannon and launched at 34 feet per second, but is met with a mattress that's coming at her at 17 feet per second, at what point will they hit so hard that they're disqualified from national championships? <laughs> Which is probably why Kurt had to be held back, because he doesn't understand these math questions that make no sense. Because as he homeschooled, he was learning real math. <laughs> He's like, but I want to use numbers, and they're like, numbers don't actually exist anymore, kid. All your math are belong to Sue. Oh, Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> So um, Before we get into the clean stuff um, Because I like to you know drag this out As much as possible um, We have three more stories And I'm not gonna, we're not going to go into great detail about them But I just would like to mention them really quick Really you don't think that we're going to digress On the same point on each of these Because that always happens <laughs> Well okay RB You cannot talk for the next ten minutes No I'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding Please, please talk. Um, <laughs> because she will actually do it out of spite. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm going to go off somewhere for ten minutes. <laughs> do you need another drink, honey? No. Hey. Baby. I'm so sorry. I'm picking on you so much today. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> it's all good. Yay, wine. Hashtag RB loves wine. <laughs> I'm gonna clink my glass with yours. Clink, fabulous. Oh my god, you guys are never gonna do this with me again. Okay. Um, really? <laughs> you love us. I was gonna say, that's not true. Not true at all. So we have these three other storylines that are really like shoved in here because. Uh, you know, the first, like, the arty stuff and the clean stuff gets a little bit more room, and then it's like, oh, crap, we are running out of episodes. Let's throw these in here. Um, we have Puck and his brother celebrating Hanukkah, and they go to L.A., and I don't remember why, but they do. Well, because Puck is lonely. Yeah. yeah. And because what's-his-face brother Jake. wants to get out of town. <laughs> And Puck broke up a fight where people were making fun of Jake. Oh, yeah. right. He's like, why don't you come to L.A. with me? Right. And he rides in a sidecar across the, Which, like, 95% ooh, of the I have driven to L.A. from the Midwest. That's insane. I don't know. Okay. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> but it's in a sidecar. It's cool. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ugh, you could not pay me. You could not pay me to do that. <laughs> in, like, winter. It's winter time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I keep forgetting because <laughs> it is winter time. Glee forgets that it's winter time. <laughs> and then we have we have one of my favorite little stupid little sections. It's Brittany, Brittany and Sam contemplating the end of the world because of the Mayan calendar ends. Okay, I thought that bit was hilarious. I did too. I think it's hilarious. I was going to say, I was like, today when I, I actually did watch the episode today, and I'm like, okay. What could they have cut to give everything else more room? And originally I was like, oh, the Britney and Sam thing. And then I watched it today and cracked up laughing no. the entire no. time. So I was like, no, this has got to stay. This is too funny. I mean, it's such a it's such a ridiculous bit. And I love what I what I love most of all is that Beast kind of encourages it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's cool. this. Okay, you're making a dumb decision, but 
I'm going to go along with it. And then you're really disappointed with this. Oh, look, there's a news alert that says <laughs> it's totally like three more years off, which hopefully you guys will be graduated and out of my hair by then. But right. I can't guarantee anything. Please don't no, get but, married right now. But Sam smacking the chalkboard with the ruler and saying, fact, fact, I lost it. It was so hilarious. You know, he, he knew what he knew and he wanted to <coughs> share that knowledge. Yeah. I thought yeah. their their Mayan wedding was nice, but I know that the mm-hmm. that the Britanner community was just pissed. <laughs> oh, they were pissed that entire season. <laughs> the entire time Brittany and Sam were together, they were upset, which is a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know. I don't I care. Thought, my- I thought Brittany and Sam was cute. I, did I mean, too. they're they're both spacey blondes yeah. and I dig it. They're adorable. I, I like Brittany and Sam a lot. I like Sam and Mercedes better, but I really liked Brittany and Sam in season four a lot. You know, there's nobody who I don't think that Sam makes better because Sam is a really good, mm. he's a straight character. Like yeah. he's really good to play off of. And so I feel like every time that he's paired with somebody, it allows whoever is being paired with him to play off in a more interesting way because there's not much to him yeah mm-hmm. so that was sweet it happened i do think uh you know Brittany giving everybody cars and then like telling <laughs> tina she's horrible and like it's like what the okay <laughs> i mean i would take a three-week vacation to san tropez i mean my life savings my senior year of high school was like 47 dollars in my graduation money it was not enough to give all my friends those big presents but you know whatever maybe we're supposed to believe that she's some sort of stock market savant as well since they kept on trying to make it so that she was a math whiz whiz. which come on i believe lord covington i had my savings but like my parents have locked down (laughs) it's not like i could go in there and be like hey mom like the mine apocalypse is coming like i want to buy all my friends presents i mean now that we've met Brittany's parents like well yeah i 100 think that you should have gone to your parents is like look I need my savings because the Mayan apocalypse is upon us. And I really want to hashtag treat yourself to all of my friends. You know what else though? Brittany and Sam spent three days locked in their room together. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. There was some stuff going on in that room. Something that my parents would never have agreed to. Oh no. Although maybe the Pierces were on some sort of welcoming the Mayan apocalypse cruise. They could have been. Where did they go? They went somewhere in season three, St. Bart's, I think. Maybe they were in St. Bart's again. Maybe maybe they were facing the apocalypse in, in a different way. And they were like, you know, this is the end of the world. So, Brittany, do what you got to do. Where was her cat? Where was Lord Tubbington? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was Lord Tubbington stuck in the room with them? Did they have the entire house to themselves? Because if they only stayed in that room, was there a bathroom attached? Or were they peeing in a two liter? (laughs) Like, there's a lot of questions that we need to know. And how is he so surprised that it was the 22nd? It's not like they weren't counting the days. Right. Well, they lost track. Yes, they were too busy. (laughs) With things. And stuff. That was uh, going down. Oh my god. (laughs) It was Christmas. 
Pam. It was Christmas. I don't understand why you're getting so uncomfortable with this. They were celebrating Christmas. <laughs> they were watching Hallmark movies, which, side note, Drinking totally was flipping through and saw uh, saw Britney in a in a Hallmark movie this past weekend. Did you? What? Why were you watching Heather know. Morris Christmas movies? <laughs> Look, I enjoy Hallmark movies. I have no shame about that. I really enjoy the Christmas ones. And it was one where she was working on a radio station and like her best friend had to pretend to be her boyfriend, but then really became her boyfriend. So, okay. I'm not saying it was art and I'm not saying that I watched everything that I watched the whole movie, but I watched the first 15 minutes and then I caught the last 10. So I feel like I kind of know what went on. It was stuff. Stuff happened. Anyway. Um. <laughs> there was a whole lot about like being super into being radio personalities. I'm kind of sitting there going, what year were you made? And then it was like 2014. I'm like, really? But whatever. I was very surprised to see her in that because I haven't really seen her in anything else. We're talking about Heather Morris, right? Yeah. I didn't even know she did anything else. I didn't either until I was swimming through it. It's like, wait a second. That looks like Brittany S. Pierce from Glee. I'm going to double and check. it was. <laughs> and I want to look this up right now. Yeah, I'm too. I'm like, what? Oh, we are all looking at Christmas movies <laughs> with Heather Morris. Um, <laughs> okay, it was Christmas. That's the problem. It was not a Christmas movie. It was just a regular run-of-the-mill. I was flipping through it this weekend, and it was either on Hallmark or Lifetime, but I think it was on Hallmark. Was it? Oh, you said from 2014? I don't remember. Was it romantically speaking? I I spit off dates. It's around somewhere. Was it Psycho Wedding Crasher? She she was in a movie called Psycho Wedding Crasher. Whatever. This is so off the topic. It was it was a made for TV and romantically speaking. Yeah, that's why I said first. Romantically speaking is probably what it was. Especially since there's no wiki link to it. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Um. Okay. It wasn't great. FYI, it wasn't great. Oh my god, my li- my listeners are always going to be like, do they ever talk about Klain? Um, <laughs> well, you're the one who wanted to talk about the other stories before Klain. Um, okay. They're all connected. It's all because, like Love Actually, it's all connected. Right. Uh, so the last, um, last little bit is with Marley and her mom and Sue, and it's the same damn plot line she's had in the other two episodes. And this is the one that I'm like, they really did not need this again. Why? Why do we need a no. Sue's heart grows three times bigger three times now? We got like, it. I, I enjoy the Sue grows, Sue's heart grows three times. I understand that it happens in every Christmas episode, but I kind of feel like it's a Christmas tradition. <sighs> I, I don't hate it. it, even though I have absolutely no connection to Marley or her mom. Um, but I thought it was sweet. Is this the episode where she says you have music in your throat, Marley? No, that's mm-hmm. the that's the first one, the new Rachel. Uh, or magic in your throat. Whatever. No, it's this weird. is the one where she's like, the best Christmas gift you could ever give me is you singing a song. Oh yeah, she sings the first yeah. one. It's very nice. I'm not saying this plot line is horrible and awful, I'm just saying it Really could have been cut for time. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I have but this I, one was the one a, to cut. I, I enjoy a Sue discovers that she has a heart every year. And then it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need it. I mean, I, I agree with you, Space Orphan. I don't need it. It could have it went bye-bye. I would have been just fine with it. Mm-hmm. 
Although I did notice that Unique is not in this episode at all. Oh, that's true. She's not. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if she was... I wonder if Alex Newell was only contracted for X amount of episodes for season four. Probably. Mm. Yeah. Because and none of the returning seniors that are guest stars this year are in it either. So, like, Santana and Mercedes and Mike and... Mm-hmm. I guess Puck's there, but... Um, yeah, they're all not there. That would have been well, Puck's such a super full episode. Um, even Rachel is actually not in it very much. Um, not really. At no. this point, so it was kind of nice, too. We're like, oh, thank God, the Rachel storyline doesn't continue. And, you know, segueing this awkwardly, God, now I can't talk, segueing this awkwardly into the claim stuff, everybody else's story is kind of a standalone Christmassy thing, but the claim story mm-hmm. actually is movement forward, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, let's jump into the claim stuff. Um, when we open up, we have Kurt and Rachel at the loft, and they are getting ready for Christmas, and they have their little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that they are taking care of. And Rachel is going on a cruise, on a very gay cruise. It's the Rosie O'Donnell cruise. It's the same one that her dads go on and blame it on the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The holiday version of that one. It is, yeah. Because I remember um, when I watched it today, I was like, hey, isn't that the one they go on and blame it on the alcohol? And so Kurt explains that Bert has told him that they're all going to Carol's side of the family and he won't be like, so there's, so I guess Kurt says, you know, okay, they're not going to be around. I'm just going to chill and save money. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if I I want, because then Rachel asks, well, what about Blaine? Because they were supposed to have this conversation, this heart to heart, you know, that they talked Mm -hmm. about Thanksgiving and Kurt's like, yeah, okay. I don't know if I'm really ready to do that yet, but um, but I do wonder if Bert was already planning to come out there, and the Carol's family thing was just a, you know, let's make it a surprise for Kurt thing, so that when Blaine got the phone call that he, Kurt wasn't coming home, it probably wasn't as bad because he mm-hmm. Bert had already talked to him. We are now in the era of making up our own shit because we don't know what's going on. So <laughs> right. That is my head cannon. Feel free to agree or disagree. making up our own shit. That's my favorite part. I feel like that needs its own theme song. You gonna create? <laughs> you gonna come up with that for me? We're making up some shit because Glee doesn't tell us what the hell is going on with these stories. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That's my theme song. Love it. <laughs> You know you shouldn't ask if you don't want an answer. No, I wanted an answer. That was brilliant. Thank you. A pause. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, yeah. They And Bert does arrive, and he is carrying a tree. Um, Bringing plants to the loft is never really a great idea. But, um, right, run away, Kurt, run away. <laughs> I don't know. It happens twice. I don't think it's that big. Yeah. Brody does. Well, and Brody's Brody just a general bad idea. Blaine brings a flower thing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Blaine and Bert both bring yeah. plans. And Brody does show up with Blaine, Bert, uh-huh. and Brody. Um, but all bring plans. And, um, yeah. But that's, it's really not that big. It's really not. It was just a funny thing. We it said. was. It's entertaining. I'm being extra punchy tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's just terrible. Oh. Right. Um, 
So yeah, Bert shows up and he has his tree and they decorate the tree and they talk about old stories and Kurt's mom gets mentioned, which is always really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, they talk about, you know, the perfume bottle because they throw back to Ballad, which RB was your and I's first podcast together. Ballad was. Aww. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> And we're it's a throwback to that when he when he talked about the the dresser still smelling like her. And so um, he oh, says he likes oh, the smell. And Bert's story is about how little Kurt was sad after his mom died, and Bert drove through a snowstorm to get a tree so he can make Kurt happy. And yeah. it's all very sweet. I think this is where fa- fandom started getting the idea that Kurt's mom died around Christmas. Which I never actually agreed with. I think she probably died um, probably around the, uh, like, October or something. They are because... wearing longer jackets when they go to the, mm-hmm. to the thing right. grilled cheeses. Yeah. So. so that would give Bert kind of some time, like, he's still grieving and not really knowing what to do. And then Christmas comes up and he hasn't really figured it out yet. You know what I mean? Like, enough time that he probably hasn't gone back to work yet, but not so much that it just happened a few days ago. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think Christmas time is also one of those times when you're really supposed to be thinking about family. And a lot mm-hmm. of these other little, other little vignettes, I mean, you have Puck and his brother, and you have Marley and her mom, and I guess Sam and Brittany are now family because they're husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, uh, so it's, it's a lot of family mm. stories in this particular episode. I don't know. Does love actually have mm-hmm. to do with families? Maybe there's a connection there. Hmm. Um, and I um, know. Yeah. I tried. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So. <laughs> the thing I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, and I know this. I'm going way back. So we already covered this. The thing about love actually is it's a bunch of really sto- uh, little stories that kind of meet up. And they all relate to each other at the very end. Yeah. That's not what this mm-hmm. does. This is just a bunch of little stories about people who already know each other. Yeah. So somebody should have been a prime minister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that would have added something to it. Maybe somebody should have worked for the president. Oh, my God. And maybe somebody was stand-ins in a porno. I'm just saying. You know? There are a whole bunch of options that they could have explored. You know what would have made this episode even better? What? Cooper Anderson. <laughs> Cooper Anderson. Cooper oh, yeah. Anderson could make any any storyline better. You know, Cooper shows up because Wayne showed up. No. Cooper should have been starring in whatever D-rated made for late night cable movie that Puck finally sold a screenplay for. <laughs> right? Yes. That's fantastic. Maybe. Maybe Puck was the one who was writing his new season of commercials. Ooh. Because he can really add that Midwestern heart of America (laughs) flair. (laughs) I feel like this is a field that has not been explored yet. No. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) going back to the story. I hadn't noticed. I thought you just liked him a normal amount. <laughs> I like him and I like Cooper Anderson a normal amount. We just started drinking games. <laughs> oh, we would all. Oh my god. 
Oh, one time we should have one that's just a drinking game. There should be a number of uh, either drinking game portions or bingo. Oh my God, there should be podcast bingo. Ooh. We should get snarky on that. (laughs) People can pick from a number of different uh, options and fill out their own card. And then they can see who gets bingo first. <laughs> I love this plan. Love it. And now we can go back to Cooper. And so, no, we, no, we, not Cooper. No. <laughs> <laughs> because Cooper makes everything. He would point at things. He would make sure that you saw them because he pointed at them. And he wants to make sure that you are aware that this is a serious situation because a man in a dress is dead. So glad this is not a live podcast. (laughs) What, do you feel like you need to edit some of this out? You know me, I never edit things out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's probably why I don't have a lot of listeners. No, I'm kidding. Um. Maybe he should have been... No, no. Cooper should have been sitting there while they're uh, out skating. And while they are trying to have their little song moment, there's Cooper on the side going, there's Megatron. (laughs) Or filming it and giving them pointers. Well, he wants to make sure that they get everything right. And so he's, look, you're not skating correctly. I don't, I don't really believe that you are accurately portraying a character who would skate. Maybe you should just fall on the ice and... Position yourself so that Michael Bay knows that you've been shot by a transporter. <laughs> Could you imagine mm-hmm. if Cooper was trying to get them back together and it wasn't Bert trying to get them back together? Oh my god. I swear to god I would pay money to see that. <laughs> okay, well. Because it would be the failiest fail episode ever made of fail. And it would be the joy of my life. <laughs> so anyway, uh, on a more serious note. <sighs> just taking a breather really for a second. On a more- um, yes, we're going to talk about cancer. <laughs> so be <laughs> okay, so on a more serious note, um, one thing that go a theme that goes through the season uh, with Kurt is that he kind of goes two steps forward, one step back. I mean, he gets into New York, but uh, he and Blaine break up, and he gets into Niata, and well, here's the other hammer fall or the shoe drop or whatever. His dad has cancer. And his dad has cancer. Um, which makes me so angry at this point. Why would yeah. you do that to Bert? Hasn't he suffered enough? And they're like, hey, BTW guys got prostate cancer. But don't worry. It's fine. Shove your fingers in that hot chocolate again. It's all good. Let's just not mention it again. <laughs> you know, if you watch the rest of the season, it does get mentioned again. It but does. Still, well, yeah. But still. Why, why can't Bert just be happy? Like, why do they have to keep doing terrible things to him? Let the man, let the man get better. Let him get better. He does. He does. I understand this, but why would you keep doing that to him? I don't, because I feel like it's another obstacle for Kurt to have to get through. And Kurt cries a little bit, so we all know how pretty And it's also a Ryan Murphy thing. Yeah, I understand, but I also think that Ryan Murphy's wrong, and so I've elected to ignore it. The the thing with Ryan Murphy is that his father died of prostate cancer, and because Kurt is such a reflection of Ryan Murphy, um, he had Bert get cancer, but he cured Bert. Oh, he, yeah. So that... Because Kurt is the story that he's 
Kurt is the story that he is writing as himself, but also as Kurt gets to triumph. So, like, his dad gets cancer, and Mar- Ryan Murphy's dad died, but he writes it for Kurt that his dad lives. I will say that when I watched this episode for the first time, when it was originally airing, I got so, so angry at this episode because the way that they frame it and the way that they have Bert saying, no, I'm totally going to be all right. I'm totally going to get better. It's a giant honking sign that says, we're going to kill this mofo. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people thought so that. I was so, so angry that they had basically, they had basically set it up that they were going to kill Bert. That if I hadn't already given up the show at that point, that would have been what also pushed me over the edge. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, I love a Bert Hummel appreciation life. As everyone should, really. Because he's amazing. I do like a lot of what Bert says, though, in in this little scene. Because it's all about, you know, hey, you know, you need to hold on to the people that mean the most to you closely. And it it does tie into, I mean, Bert has already decided to bring blame. (laughs) uh, For better or worse decision, that that could be really awkward. Um, But... I, I think that one of the reasons he brings Blaine is not necessarily because, you know, hey, I want to get these two back together because my son really misses him. But, hey, if I do die, I want Kurt to have somebody who's in his corner. And I believe that Blaine is in his corner. And mm-hmm. for Blaine, that's great to have somebody else that, you know, is in his corner because so much of early season four is Blaine feeling like he doesn't have anybody there. So that's my two cents. While on TV... It makes for a delightful uh, little bit of Christmas magic. If one of my parents had ever brought one of my exes to my new home, <laughs> there would have been hell to pay. <laughs> well, I mean, this that was a big thing when the show was, when the episode aired. Yeah. And, you know, I always kind of looked at it like, Kurt and his dad are very, very close. So I think that they talk a lot. I think that Bert was probably one of the first person people that Kurt told after they kind of um, talked at Thanksgiving. And so Bert already knows that they're kind of getting they're They're finding their way back to each other. They want to have this talk. Maybe he told him that they were going to talk um, when they were, when Kurt was home for Christmas and Bert was like, Oh, well I'll make this happen again. Like I just really, even when the episode was airing or when it aired, I was always like on the, firm camp of um Bert knows his son and knows the situation really well and so him bringing Blaine he's pretty sure that it's gonna work out before he even starts I don't disagree but I kind of feel like that's having to read a lot into the show that is not being presented in a narrative and it's another one of those cases of things that I enjoy on tv but would never enjoy in real life well and I will agree with you on that I think there's a lot of things that don't work in real life um, that I think I, I let go on glee. And I do think that, yeah, don't bring your kids ex to, just don't do that. <laughs> well, I think it's like, it's also like they did it in the phone call before, but they were like, you're still my best friend. So I feel like that's kind of different. Yeah. I, I yeah. Feel but I've they also told off an ex that really I still enjoyed their company and totally lied through my teeth. So. But did you then tell your parent that that, you know what I mean? Like then when you're yeah. very close to your parent, cause then you say, Oh, well we talked and it was really good. And you know, um, I took, 
realize that he's still my best friend. You know, that could be something mm-hmm. that Bert is hearing from him. And I completely agree that it is reading a lot into something that you're not getting very much told to you. But that's just how I saw it. Yeah. And I think that, well, a couple of things. One, as I've always mentioned, the claim is a fairy tale aspect of it. They are always framed as two people who are supposed to be together. Now, I don't think in real life that you are ever supposed to be with somebody else. I really, I promise I don't believe that. But <laughs> I think fictionally, these two characters are supposed to be together. And this is a story about them finding their way back to each other. And this is kind of a turn in that direction. So, mm-hmm. and then Bert is kind of helping that along in the way that Sue is going to end up helping quote on that quote. Unless. Yeah. Sue completely is going to overstep her bounds in a bazillion ways, but those of us that can accept it, because <laughs> I know a lot of people don't, um, it, it, that's just the Glee's questionable storytelling method. So mm-hmm. a couple of points I want to uh, point out before we get to the ice skating stuff. Um, the first one is that Kurt and and Bert go see the Rockettes, and yeah. they talk about the singles ladies dance thing. But how long was Blaine waiting at that you know <laughs> skating rink while they go off and like have hot cocoa and watch shows? And <laughs> Blaine has been there for three days. Just right. <laughs> no, no. So, I'm sure he took another plane. I <laughs> right. Or he took that train that goes directly from Lima to New York. <laughs> and it's a little bit later than the plane is. <laughs> just a, there's a little bit of a delay. You know, it only takes four hours on the train. It's really quick. <laughs> it goes straight from his door. It takes about, from where I live, it takes about seven hours to drive it. So from Ohio, it'd be a little closer, but not by much. Yeah, it takes much longer than that from where I am in, But I have to go through two more states, so. The other thing is um, their Christmas Eve tradition um, that Kurt and Bert actually give each other presents the night before. And then they just kind of chill and watch TV and Kurt rig Vogue on the Christmas Day. So I think it's kind of neat to see this little peek at how Kurt and Bert kind of their traditions at Christmas and, and stuff, so. The thing that I love the most about Bert, and this is going to be kind of personal, is that he reminds me so much of my own dad. Um, that, like, this line he says when he gets the, the, in Mexico, I would be called Senor Queso, that literally sounds like it would come out of my dad's mouth. And um, I love that they do that. They have these little these little traditions where they give each other um, a present the night before, and I just love everything about that. Yeah. It, well, it, I he, Bert reminds me a little bit of my mom, actually. Um, really? Yeah. We, the, that talk, the sex talk from um, Believe It on the Alcohol. Sexy. Jeez, what am I thinking? Sexy. <laughs> um, my mother gave me that kind of my, my own version of that particular you matter speech. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of relate. Uh, she didn't run a tire shop, though. So My dad so drove a truck until a I was a kid. Coverall? <laughs> I never owned a Videssler. I was not that kid. I didn't. You know? Do you remember all of the um? What was her name? Lisa. Um, the woman Lisa that Frank. Had, yes. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. Yeah. I, I hated that. It was too bright. I'm like, what is? Wait. How could you hate that? It was multicolored unicorns on a trapper keeper. Uh, I didn't really magic. like it either. <laughs> no, I remember collecting all the erasers. My mom told me it's not going to erase anything. <laughs> I but love it. didn't it. need to erase anything. It was cool, and you could trade them with your friends. 
I went to leggings now. I went to a really strict school and we couldn't have trapper keepers because they didn't fit under our, they didn't fit in our lockers or under our desks. So we, they, they, we never really had them. Like they, nobody really had them in my school. Oh, you Uh missed out. They were magic. Did I? (laughs) I see your icon is kind of like, she's got this hurt icon. that's like, I wish that I could have that in a gift. Uh, did I? <laughs> Love it. Podcast is magical. Christmas magic. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that's... Uh, I, I love the little moment, just the two of them. And I, I love that he gets, um, you know, Niata stuff because Kurt's going to mm-hmm. Niata. And mm-hmm. and then Kurt's like, I got your present. You can return it if you want to. <laughs> like, right. What are you going to send him back to the magical train? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I also thought of? Okay. So Kurt and Blaine's story takes place Christmas Eve to Christmas. But all of the other stories that happen after it are, all happen before Christmas. Like, the editing on this episode is insane. Like, but Kurt Blaine's story has always been super cut off from all of the rest of them, whether they were in magical Dalton or whether they were in magical New York. I mean, they, they live in their own Christmas bubble. And I feel like we should just embrace that. We, we probably should. <laughs> well, and then the, the timeline in Marley's story annoys me. So I won't even get into it, but it just annoys me. It's just wrong. Everything about the timeline in Marley's story is wrong. That's okay. We're going to get into... Uh, Hashtag, but it's glee. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into the second half of the season in a little bit. And I have right. a timeline that I've written out. And my podcast is going to adhere to that. So if you have disagreements... Start your own podcast and disagree with me. <laughs> Start your own podcast. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it really was. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So um we we get uh Kurt coming to we get Kurt coming to the ice rink and mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk about uh, this too much, but I'm going to bring it up really quickly. A lot of this episode, or going into season four, there's a lot of question about Chris's acting. I really don't want to talk about what was going on with Chris or not going on with Chris. Whatever, I don't care. But, like, I, I don't... I think that Kurt comes and he looks, like, actually happy to see Blaine when, when you watch it. He looks happy. And then Blaine mentions, oh, and I'm here for your dad. And that's when... That's what used to happen when I say Chris and Kurt at the same time. Kurt's face falls because he brought up his dad, and that's all I read into it. That's it. So I would agree. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, he's happy to see Blaine. Um, he's happy to do their Christmas duet. I will say that watching the behind the scenes stuff of them filming is more entertaining than White Christmas is. One hundred percent. Like when that <laughs> happened, I was not spoiler free at the time, so I remember the night that it was filmed, and we were like, "Oh, this is going to be such a great thing! It's so going to be." They're filming for hours and hours and hours, and then it was like three minutes long, barely. Is it even three minutes? No, I think it was like a minute and a half. It was really short. It was like about a minute and a half. And it's, okay, I will say the performance, how to put it, vocally, they sound great. This is a Mm -hmm. great duet for them. I love it. I think they just, it's it's beautiful. The parts where they're on screen, it's really nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
It is a lot of the professional skaters. Yeah, it, yeah I don't know why. I mean, they hired I, professional skaters for this. I don't know why. I do know that Chris fell down a lot, so there's probably mm-hmm. part of the reason right there. But, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I would... For as much hype, because we had a whole night of filming and, and a lot of fun, like, behind-the-scene making of the show videos like, from it. They gave Darren, like, a little flip camera, and he was even filming mm-hmm. stuff, which is really cute and really funny and some of my favorite behind-the-scenes stuff. So, it was really fun, but, like, yeah, you get to the scene, and it's a little bit, like, okay, that's it. And on top of it, we get this little moment at the end where... Well, first of all, we get Bert watching them, and this is kind of like the omen of, he's like the Christmas future ghost where, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh yeah, my son's yeah. going to be okay type thing. But we get this, oh, hey, it's Christmas, and we're always going to be there for each other, and Kurt's like, yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, where, where's our Christmas mm-hmm. conversation uh, that we, we don't really get? I mean, it's a nice moment. I'm not trying to knock it. And I know a lot of people have met Ed since then that, you know, Kurt wasn't ready to have a full conversation or they weren't whatever. But I think that, eh, okay. Well, they probably talked afterwards. I was so going like, to say that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think they did talk. You, It's just one of those things where you have to fill in your own blanks, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, and if I'm being perfectly honest, is one of my favorite things about clean. I like that. There's a lot of parts that we have to fill in ourselves because it makes it a little bit more ours. Well, that's kind of nice, because I know a lot of people who are really upset. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I understand that. I really do. But there is a certain ownership to the fact that we get to decide how their story is told by filling in the blanks. It's a choose and your own adventure. Just one story. Mm-hmm. We get multiple versions of it. And right. We can kind of imagine what ifs. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, I will say, it is nice, because I think season four produced a lot of very interesting fanfics and meta and discussion points mm-hmm. in a way that... Mm-hmm maybe didn't happen as much maybe in season three. Um, but it, it, I will say every once in a while it was frustrating because we were going to go from this to I do. Oh yeah. I would completely agree with that. I would completely agree with you as well. I'm kind of playing both sides of the coin here because I completely agree with you. I just really do. Like I, like I said, I like that we get to fill in the blanks as well. I will say that, one of the things that stood out to me while doing season four uh, podcasting and meta up to this point is that the Kurt and Blaine stuff is both it, are both really tight. I mean, they're this the mm-hmm. complete stories and this, they kind of split the season in half. Um, mm-hmm. And everything coming up to this kind of works for me anyway. I'm mm-hmm. like Kurt's story individually, Blaine's story individually. The way they are both really becoming characters, the way they're both trying to work out this breakup, and, and this is the start of them coming back together. I It's mm-hmm. interesting, whereas I find the second half of the season more entertaining episodes, but it starts to fall apart, and we'll get into why when we get there, but I will say this as a coming ahead of everything that's come before it in the first half of the season, I think works. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would agree. M- moving forward, though, um, we have uh, this is we have to jump over because this is the end of their little vignette and um, we don't really get anything because they have to do all the other vignettes until the end of the episode. And this scene where they're on the couch is probably one of my favorite little scenes uh-huh. um, I because love I this one. love where they are watching football and Kurt's trying to, you know, top it out. He knows that Bert and Blaine are up to something, but he doesn't know what. And then he watches, you know, he reads Vogue. 
and they're like, oh man, they had a bad going. And I, I don't know, it's just cute and domestic and, and I love that Bert says, um, you might have dated him, but I raised him. Like, the fact that Bert can make that kind of a joke is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. I would have read Vogue. I would have read Vogue too, as compared to watching football. So, I'm I'm with Kurt in this camp. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, me too. I'm impressed that he I made would it. Blame him Bert. <laughs> no. Actually, I'm probably in the kitchen doing something else. Yeah, me too. I'm not even sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be. I don't read Vogue either, so neither of those are that appealing. But be in the kitchen making some nachos because it mm-hmm. kind of feel like nachos would be appropriate in this situation. Mm, nachos. Playing on my phone. Well, I think they're. I, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm not watching them. basketball. <laughs> I would watch basketball. It's the football thing. It's like, nah, not my. Well, aren't they watching basketball? I yeah, they're watching know. basketball. Oh, yeah, for some reason, basketball. I thought they were watching football. Huh. Yeah, I'd watch basketball. Well, I wouldn't watch professional basketball. Give me college basketball. I'd totally watch that. Professional basketball sucks. <laughs> and you I can address your letters to RB. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We want to talk about sports that suck? No. Kerouac at Tumblr.com. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, college <laughs> basketball, ACC all the way. Um, yes. Uh, nope. Sorry, Big Ten. Um, oh, and we also get for the first time. Um, Blaine is a senior, and we have not talked about his future plans at all. So it was nice to finally hear Blaine talk about his future because for so long he is stuck in the McKinley like. Nobody has any future I plans. Mean, at least someone's talking about college before, like, a month before graduation. <laughs> so It's June, and I just put in my college application. I'm going to hear in a week. Right. Of course. I swear to God, it's just super frustrating. Like, why? 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 And also, why? <laughs> the thing that I think is interesting is that, so Blaine says that he's going to come to, to Niata. Now, I don't doubt that Blaine was probably always going to go to New York because that's where everybody goes to be, you know, um, successful because there are no other cities in this in this country. No, it's the only place to be successful in the arts. What? Also because the arts are the only appropriate career path. And he also says it in the new Rachel. He's like, in a year, I'll be there, too. So I think he mm-hmm. was always back that. in New York, uh, the season two ender. um Kurt says that I'm going to New York and Blaine and I've already talked about it. He's coming with mm-hmm. me. So they've mm-hmm. been planning this for a long, long time. So Blaine, you know, he, he doesn't exactly ask Kurt's permission and I, no, I don't think he does needs to, but I do think it's a little bit of a courtesy, like, Hey, if this makes you uncomfortable, let me know. And Kurt's like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's your life. You can do what you want. But my thing is, is that Blaine it picks Niata a little bit because of Kurt. Well, a lot because of Kurt. Mm-hmm. And a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I reset it. 100% because of. I'm, I'm glad that eventually Blaine ends up at NYU. Because I like mm-hmm. the idea of him finally eventually, you know, doing something that is not connected at the hip with Kurt. So, uh-huh. um, but right now it's still kind of, he's, not only trying to think of his future, but also trying to get back into Kurt's world. And I think that 
that is something that he's going to try and do for a very, very long time going forward, and it's going to be part of the re- problems they have in season five. And so, uh-huh. <sighs> just pointing that out there. Yeah, nice little scene. I like the Bert playing stuff. But I don't. I feel like we don't get enough of it in the series. I guess we do get more of it coming up, but not still not enough. I would agree. There's still not enough. So. And then we get, um, you know, we get Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which I think is a little bit of an underrated Christmas song for the show. I think it's really gorgeous. It's everybody in on it. Blaine gets some really nice lines on it. Oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite of the whole series. Yeah. I like it. My favorite Christmas song, I would say. Not my favorite song, period. My favorite Christmas song of the series. Mm-hmm. I like the little domesticness of them. Like, they're all coming, coming together to have Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. I mean, I just love that, like, you can just see it in Blaine's eyes. He's like, this is what it's going to be like for the rest of our lives. Us doing this. I, don't, I just mm-hmm. love it. Yep. Glee, or Glee. Kurt is still a little reserved, but Blaine's there. He's ready. And, and, and Kurt is not ready. And that's going to kind of go into the second half of the season. And it's going to be, and you know, I feel like everything from the end of season three all the way to the end of season six is all connected in this one big storyline. And mm-hmm. even though they are on a path back to each other, they're not on the same page. No. And yeah, mm-hmm. Blaine is like, hey, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this guy, and this is going to be what family's like. And Kurt's like, all right, well, I'm talking to Blaine again. This is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Well, like, even Blaine says, like, I need Kurt, whereas Kurt decides that he can date other people for a little bit and then sort of find his way back. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either, and I guess we'll get into it way more when we talk start talking about Adam and Sadie Hawkins, but I think that, you know, them being apart isn't necessarily a bad thing. Blaine kind of needs to be on his own and find out who he is without Kurt, while as, while as Kurt kind of needs to figure out, hey, you know, maybe Blaine in my life is a really good thing, and, you know, mm-hmm. this random blonde dude, British dude, singing to me about butts is nice, but it's not what I want, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah the thing, what did I have in my notes there is one less thing because we kind of reached the end of the episode but because we can fill in things I'm kind of curious as to like so do you think they had a big discussion about them here do you think they didn't what kind of happened off screen I know that a lot of people are talk about I do and they said uh, Blaine says it's no accident we were together on Christmas and again on Valentine's Day some people believe that they slept together. Other people believe that they don't. You can kind of, you know, do your own thing. But I guess I'm asking what you guys think. I don't think they did. That's my thing. I think they did. Okay. I think I think that they communicated by being together instead of talking. And I think that... Um, I don't know if it was full on, I mean, you know, whatever, because Bert is presumably in the loft too. Um, but I think they definitely, instead of having the big conversation that they probably needed to have, they kind of, um, they were uh, intimate with each other in another way instead of the talking way. I think that, um, you know, Kurt is kind of feeling 
vulnerable and upset and I think that Blaine is like, we want, I want to fix this as fast as I can. So I think they did. And I think that they did that instead of having the big talk that they needed to have. Yeah, their mouths were occupied, but it wasn't by talking. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the opposite. I think, I think, so I was talking about earlier how Kurt wasn't really ready. I think Kurt would have wanted to talk and Blaine wouldn't have pushed it. And they would have kind of talked about what would happen after Blaine left again. I, I kind of, have, maybe just because I've read so much fanfic, I can go both ways. That's why I'm kind of like, what do you guys think? Because I can make an argument both ways for it. So I, mm-hmm. I do think on the one hand, I think that Kurt isn't there yet at all in his forgiveness. And he needs more time to process. I don't think that they necessarily talked about anything that they might have helped their situation a little bit better. But um, they kind of just were there together. And that was that. And they let you know, kept the communication lines open. Like, Hey, you're still in my life. You're still my best friend, but we need the space. On the other hand, I can totally see them, you know, reconnecting physically like they do. And I do, which makes, I do make a little more sense. Um, and that, you right. know, this person's comfortable with, I'm comfortable with both them. I need this physical attention because Kurt, where he is, or we have often talked about Kurt, like being really careful about who he touches when, it, it, he, he enjoys, you know, Blaine and Blaine being touched by Blaine and having that sense of familiarity is probably very comforting, especially around Christmas time, especially with his dad, you know, ha- having cancer, it, that familiarity is really, really nice, even if he's not emotionally there yet. We do know going out uh, uh, that Blaine is, I mean, he's going to be a little preoccupied with his crush on Sam for a little bit, but for the most part, he's like, Kurt and I are good. We're going to be getting good. We're going to be doing better. And then, you know, eventually to the point where in three months, Blaine's going to ask Kurt to marry him. So I don't think anybody's wrong one way or the other. I think that's what the fan fiction is all for. Um, But that's my two cents. I just think that the, for them to have had like a huge conversation, I feel like they would have been a little bit further once we get to, I do. And there would have been a little bit more, understood between the two of them that's why i kind of feel the way i do i feel like they haven't talked yet i think we're all in agreement on that so we, they probably yeah. didn't yeah i mean i i didn't mean like a huge conversation they just okay. kind of did like a small talk of like hey you know, we're still gonna talk to each other yeah and like mm-hmm. you know blaine caught them up on mckinley drama yeah <laughs> right like maybe they had like a gossip session yeah I can see that. All right. So, um, yeah, we kind of talked about Christmas, and it's a very Merry Christmas. And I don't know. I I like this episode because it's so cracky, and, and the, the Artie part and the Sam and Brittany part is just kind of insane. And the Marley stuff is kind of ignorable. And I, I don't know. I just really like it as an entertaining piece of thing. And, yeah. I agree. I like this episode, too. Um I don't think it's anything like love, actually, but I still like it. <laughs> I don't dislike it. It's not my favorite, but there are parts of it that are really enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anyone else thinks so, but I enjoy the little Hanukkah song. It gets stuck in my head, like, for hours <laughs> after I watch it. <laughs> I really am surprised that Glee never did more with uh, with a Jewish storyline. Probably because their Jewish storylines ended up like this. 
<laughs> I know, but they could have. Well, they did the one where Puck has to um, Puck date they Rachel. Because they could have done Jewish. a better one. They could have done a better one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised looking back, though, because we've talked for about maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And, like, there's, I feel like there's some really important claim stuff that happens in this this particular episode, but it's not a lot. Like, I feel like a lot of it is very much, we're going to fill in the blanks here with what we think might have happened in between all of these spaces. And I feel, it's kind of funny when I, when we get to I do, which everybody is like, oh, it's the biggest clean episode. There is literally five minutes of them. That's it. Five minutes of screen time in that whole episode. So we're, yeah, that's the thing that's slightly frustrating about season four, even if I enjoy it much better on rewatch, is that there's so much going on that the little storylines that we do like only get so much screen time. And I think that's probably one reason why one of the many reasons we got so frustrated in season four, because Mm -hmm. nobody was getting a a ton of screen time except for, you know, Rachel and Marley. But yeah, so I don't know, just my random offshoot tangent for the night. Uh, Well, I would completely agree with you and just leave it there. Cause I could talk about it for two more hours and it's still not be (laughs) talked about enough. Alright, so do you guys, does anybody else have anything like in their notes that we didn't go over, or did I forget something, or? I think we've hit the highlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad, because I'm like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Even with our tangents, I'm like, we, we need time, time to come over. Oh, but, I don't know, it wasn't that quick, it was still an hour and a half. I mean, we would you like to give us more tangents? I'm I sure don't know, I mean, you guys could, talked for two oh, hours about we, maybe a cold we could have, have some opinions. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, should Cooper Anderson have dressed as a half-naked elf? Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I would fall on the side of yes. Yes, he should have. I kind of feel like I would like some sort of magic mic type where he's slamming his crotch into the stage, but not dressed as G.I. Joe, but dressed as a Christmas elf. And everybody is so surprised. Cooper should have been that elf from um, season five. Yes. Yes. Dear Lord in heaven, yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you wanted opinions. I'm happy to give you opinions. <laughs> on that note, um, <laughs> I want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. It's been fun. It's always fun to do Christmas in July. And um, next week, we are actually back. We don't, you guys don't have to wait a huge hiatus. Uh, with Sadie Hawkins, we're going to split that up, and it's going to be a Kurt side and a Blaine side for Sadie Hawkins. Because there's a lot in that one, actually. So um, I hope you guys have a great night and a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. Finally found you, my missing puzzle piece. I'm complete. I was just guessing at numbers.
the sunshine. 